But as we're pregnant, it's a time that we can be selfish, but I also want to push women to, this is your last hurrah as just you and him. Mm -hmm. So make him feel really special because if anyone gets the brunt of not feeling special for the first year after you give birth, it will be him. Mm, Wow, that's a really good point. I've never heard anyone say that. You are listening to The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi. What is up, everybody? This is Chase. So long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early 20s. Despite following the mainstream script for happiness, we actually divorced for three years. Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love? Then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you. Let's go take the medicine. Hello, hello, audio fam. This is episode 153 of the Medicine Podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. In each episode, we like to invite our listeners to get curious, think outside the mainstream box, and lean into the real medicines in every aspect of life, spirituality, conscious partnership, physical health, and so on. Today's conversation with my wise, knowledgeable, and hilarious friend, Leah, touches on all of these different aspects. Leah Rochelot is a founder of Leah R. Executive Health Coaching. She was Mrs. DC America 2018 and an international health coach, pregnancy coach, hormone coach, speaker, and media personality. Leah was awarded the Loudon Times 40 Under 40 Award. She is also a co-host for a local TV show called Good Things DC and co-founder of Vegication, which is a television series on Binge Network promoting plant-based living. I was actually a guest on this show talking about the intelligence of medicinal mushrooms and AHCC, which was a total blast. So we talk about a lot of different topics in this episode as it pertains to women and health like Leia's personal health journey, lies of diet culture, listening to our intuition as we make health decisions. And we also talk a lot about fertility, preparing the body for pregnancy, how to avoid toxic products, mental health and healing trauma before and during pregnancy, conscious conception, and some relationship tips during this transformational time of pregnancy and birth. The intention of this conversation was for you as the listener to feel like you were there in the room with us, listening to two girlfriends discuss really important topics in a raw and open way. And I also want to say that Leia and I actually don't agree on every single thing when it comes to our health choices. Leia shares in the episode that she's been a vegan for eight to nine years, and y'all are probably aware that I definitely eat a significant amount of animal products. And that's okay. I actually prefer this. I love having friends who respect my choices and vice versa, but we don't just provide each other our own personal echo chambers. The core value that we share is that we both listen to our body and make informed decisions based on our own individual needs and what our body is currently asking for, which is what we recommend every person do. 
Leia also recently launched a pregnancy course to help women navigate the murky waters of health in pregnancy. It is filled with a ton of information and videos on exercises, supplements, non-toxic products, and so much more. She's offering our listeners a generous discount as well. If after listening to this episode, you feel like you're being nudged, you can simply email leah at leahr.com. Tell her you listened to this episode and she'll get you the discount. And of course, all of the links are provided down in the show notes. I absolutely love this girl. She makes me laugh from my gut and is such a bright, shiny human. I think y'all will love her as well. As always, if you received value out of this episode, please share it with your best girlfriend or on your Instagram story. We appreciate every send and every share so much. And remember to tag me at Mimi underscore the medicine if you do share on your story. All right. Enjoy this very real and raw conversation with the fabulous Leah Rochelot. Welcome back to the Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi and I am flying solo today. Uh, I have my good friend Leah on, the beautiful Leah, and um, I am so excited for this conversation. I, I basically want this to feel like anyone who's listening is like a fly on the wall listening to two girlfriends talk about important and uh, serious and also fun stuff related to pregnancy, birth, fertility, all of that. Welcome to The Medicine Leah, I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like it's been a long time in coming, um, but you know, we found each other in the online world and I'm yeah. so grateful for that. Yeah, I know. I, it's so funny because like some of my best friends I've never even hung out with in person <laughs> and uh, the people that I, I really resonate, you know, with online and, and connect with it's so funny because I'm like, well, I can't wait to hug you in person someday. <laughs> and you're definitely one of those people, but soon we will be hugging in person. And in, in October, we, we have, a, you have a, an amazing in-person event that Chase and I are speaking at, which we are so excited to do and to, to get to meet you and Jay and uh, just be a, a part of that whole experience. So we're really excited for that. Oh, it's going to be the best, the best. And I know we have um, a discount code coming out for your guys's you know, anyone listening to the medicine for the retreat soon. So uh, we will definitely be chatting more about it, but yeah, it's going to be the best. If we have it by the time that this comes out, this episode comes out, um, I'll put that in the show notes too, if anyone's interested. Um, but today, what we're talking about is something that is so important for every woman who, you know, is thinking about becoming a mother, maybe already is a mother or wanting to get pregnant again. Um, it feels like being healthy and, and living in a state of optimal health is almost like a full-time job <laughs> these days. And I, I wanted to bring you on to talk about this, this, um, this oh so important topic of a healthy pregnancy and what women, what we as women can do to prepare our bodies and to support our bodies during that process of immense transformation. And you know, one, just selfishly, because I have, I've felt a really strong pull, you know, a really strong nudge to start familiarizing myself and start researching these conscious parenting tools, information techniques, uh, because I know I put 
so much significance, you know, there's so much significance attached to this job of being a parent. And it all starts with, you know, getting pregnant, obviously. Um, and then two, secondly, with toxic self-care products, toxic food <laughs> everywhere, conflicting, confusing health information out there. And then just so many companies and corporations whose primary objective is their bottom line only. And it's not the necessarily the health and the well-being of us as consumers. News, newsflash, spoiler alert, everyone. Um, it just makes things really difficult and complicated sometimes for us as consumers who just want to live happy, healthy lives. And the waters are pretty freaking muddy right now. So I'm hoping in this conversation today, Leah, with you, that you can be this shining beacon of hope and help myself and the listeners navigate all of this a little bit easier. Well, that is my goal. Women are my jam. And when I first started coaching, I had no intention of only working with women. And I do still work with a select few men, but I feel like I fire men as clients quickly. And it's because <laughs> it's because of their resistance to change. Mm. And my women so readily step up and go, okay, life's not working for me. I don't feel good. What can I do to change it? And my men go, but I've been doing this for, you know, 20 years. Yeah. I don't, I don't really want to, and that is not all men. Um, but that has been a big experience. So that, you know, led me to becoming a certified hormone coach. And after I became a health coach and then a pregnancy coach, you know, and really grasping what's going on with my own body was how the journey started. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's, Let's um, get into that. I, I want to hear from you first. The, the first question that we ask every guest on the medicine is what do you love in your life? What aspect of your life do you love so much that you wish you could share it with every human? I love that I have a choice. Mm. What do you mean? by I that? I love that I have a choice of when I wake up, a choice of when I go to the gym, a choice on how many clients I want to take on this month, a choice on the people I want to keep in my relationships. You know, I have a choice whether to work on my business or take 15 minutes and play with my new puppy. Mm. Those are choices that many years I didn't have them. You know, I worked in corporate America for 40 plus hours a week. I was required to go to so many events at night and I do feel like I lost so much of myself because I didn't feel like I had a choice and a voice in my own life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so huge. It's freedom, right? Like what you're saying is freedom. And I, we are so aligned there. I, as you know, I was a dental hygienist for many years and you know, you're, I, I loved my work. I absolutely loved being a dental hygienist, but you're, you're at work at six 30 and you end at five or five 30 and you have a patient or multiple every hour and your schedule is not created by you. And, you know, lunch is at 1 PM sharp every day. And there was a lot of great aspects to being a hygienist that I will use in my life forever. But once you experience having complete freedom, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how I could go back now. Um, sometimes I do miss cleaning teeth and, and being in that world, but I, I don't think I could, I don't think I could give up the freedom now that I've experienced. It's just, it is, it's the best, but it also comes with 
liability, right? Like it also, like your name is on the proverbial door. Like it's you, <laughs> it's, it's you, you know, maybe if you have a partner or, you know, whatever it is, or a team, that's great. But for a lot of us who are kind of running our own business, um, it's, it's, the responsibility and the liability is on your shoulders. So that freedom comes with a cost, you know, if, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm totally with you there. I, I don't think I could give up this freedom. Well, and I blame you in the best way for having the most amazing teeth now. And, um, I'm obsessed with living libations. I yes. tell everyone and so much. So just to share this tidbit, if you guys have not switched over to living my patients yet, when I went to the dentist the last time, the lady was like, I just don't really have anything to clean. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, and he would, you know, my dentist was like, what are you using? (laughs) And it's happened with my husband too. And everyone always says, you know, how are your teeth so white? And I'm like, I just follow Mimi's rule of thumb, but I do have anxiety now when I drink coffee, because I'm like, did I brush my teeth before? Like she says, (laughs) I know. Well, we are digressing a little bit, but it's, it's worthwhile. Yeah. I totally, I hear that all the time from people who start, excuse me, who start using quality products because what every toothpaste or dental product that has a commercial, you know, Crest, Colgate, Sensodyne, all these like BS products that if any, just like putting this out there, if a toothpaste or a dental product has a commercial, stay away from it. Honestly. 100%. (laughs) Uh, No matter what seal you see on the tube, like, again, it's about the bottom line. It's not about, is this going to disrupt my hormones? Is this a gut disruptor? Is this blocking the natural remineralization process of my teeth? All of those you know, commercialized products do that, unfortunately. Um, and so when you start using products that facilitate real oral health, (laughs) what happens is the teeth are able to actually cleanse themselves the way that they were intended. Like teeth have this internal lymph flow and by using products like living libations, they are facilitating that natural process that all of your teeth have when you're using commercialized products, they have this thing that's called glycerin in there. And it basically acts like a saran wrap around your teeth. So your teeth can't remineralize themselves and go through this natural cleansing process. So anyways, I have a whole dental series. If anyone's listening and they, and they are interested in this and they want to hear all my tips and tricks and everything I do to keep my teeth healthy and white, go listen to those. I'll maybe I'll put them in the show notes, but anyways, I I'm digressing, but, um, you, you touched on a conversational G spot of mine. So (laughs) I'm telling you, well, again, I'm just obsessed. So I'm just telling everyone it is so worth it to wait for your toothpaste from Canada. And I just realized I'm down to like my last glass jar today. So I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, time to order again. (laughs) Yes. You should, if you haven't tried it yet, you should, um, grab some of the ozone gel. Have you seen that, um, from living libations? I have, but I have not tried it. So I'm actually writing it down. I'm obsessed with this lately. So I use uh, a little bit of the toothpaste and then um, I do a little tiny dot of the ozone gel and it literally like, it just, it makes your mouth like vibrate with health. I can't even explain it, but I'm obsessed and uh, my gums and teeth are loving it and you should definitely try it. Well, you know, I will, cause um, yes. I'm a walking billboard for me products. <laughs> I love it. Okay. On from living libations. 
Um, you know, can you share with your listener, with our listeners, um, who you are and, and how you help people in the work, in, in the work that you do today? Yeah. So I, for reference, worked in corporate America for 14 years. I was a vice president uh, of commercial lending at a bank. And after I won a beauty pageant, which I had never had any intention of doing, but after I allowed myself to get visible again, I came back from competing and I just looked at my husband and said, I think I'm going to quit my job. Mm. And he said to me, he goes, do you even know how much money you make? And I honestly (laughs) said, no, (laughs) but it led me down this path of quitting my very lucrative career and going, okay, what do I love? And I was sitting in my therapist's office, still love her to this day, but don't work with her anymore. And she goes, Leah, when you talk about health and helping people discover how to find true health in all of our sessions, you light up. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, we're on to something. So that led me getting certified to be a health coach. And then later, you know, personal trainer, hormone and pregnancy coach. And everything started to grow. So initially, I think when you get into the world of health, you go, well, where do I fit in? And then you also have the thought in the back of your head, which I know every person who's worked in the health coaching space has, well, I'm not a physician. So what can I do? Mm -hmm. So what I do is, is I empower you to be CEO of your health. Mm, Love that. So whenever I work with my clients, you know, why would you work with me? Well, there's a difference between going to your functional doctor or your, you know, primary care physician, you spend what, maybe an hour with them every six months, every three months, if you have a health issue going on, they can't get a whole lot of information out of you. When you're working with me, I'm talking to you minimum an hour a week, usually. Mm-hmm. So if you add up the number of things that you are going to tell me about your life, whether it is mentally, physically, spiritually, all of these things, I'm just a listener. And then I decipher the words that you say. Mm -hmm. And usually it translates back to you giving me clues on, "Mm, it might be a good idea to go and get this test done. It may be a really great idea to get, you know, this procedure done. And so then, you know, I work with their physician, functional medicine doctor. Um, But what I think my clients would say more than anyone is that I'm their paid best friend. Mm. I'm their paid support system, their advocate. I'm that person in their life that is, I think one of my clients said, um, they called me like sunshine in a person. If they're having the worst... If they're having the worst day, they're like, I just know I message you right away and I know exactly how to get out of it. And they also realize that if they don't message me, they know they're going to sit in it mm-hmm. and they have made that choice. So I think more than anything, more than helping with healing with pregnancy, it's, it's having that person that you can just show up and be so unapologetically yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to judge you. There's not one thing that you could tell me in a session that's going to make me think different or lesser than you. And I don't even think a lot of therapists can say that because I do think that there still is a lot of judgment in this world. 
And for me, I'm like, if you are living your best life and making decisions based on your intuition and your feelings and your energy, I don't care what they are. They feel good yeah. to you and that, and that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's true. Empowerment, right? Like an individualization. And what I'm hearing you say is not only are you an advocate for your clients, but you're also like being an example for them to be their own advocate, their own best advocate, even better than you, because hopefully you're kind of working yourself out of a job, right? Like hopefully to a point where, you know, they're like, I I feel really good, Leah. And I I don't know if I need you anymore. Like that's the, that's the goal. And uh, so I, I totally get that from you. Just knowing you, um, as a friend. And then we've worked together on a few different things and seeing you, how you work professionally. Um, I, I totally get that and that vibe from you. And it's something, it could be something that we really connect on. Uh, we connect on so many different things, but that's, that's how I approach my work too. like the women that find me who are desperate for answers for their HPV or for their autoimmune or for whatever. And they're, they hear about the magic of HCC and they're like, Oh my God, please. And they're oftentimes telling me like, almost like secrets that they haven't even told their partner or their mom or their friends or whoever. And there is this, um, obviously no judgment zone. Like I make that very clear, but also there is this, um, I think this lack of community in our world, you know, everyone's like sitting behind a screen. I mean, even right now we're sitting behind a screen and it's connecting us of course, but I think the, the fact that we are all looking at screens so much of our day and interacting with others across the world, whether they, you know, align with us or not, it creates this division and this separation of sorts. And I think that can lead to this, this lack of community. So having just someone on your team, holding your hand through some process that you're going through it, it is going back to community, just like you said, like paid best friend. And, and that's what I, I try to be for, from the people that find me as well. So we are absolutely 100% aligned there. It just, you know, it fills me up. And I think that nowadays more than ever, women are looking for the norm, right. Is to get super drunk on the weekend and then go to work to then do it again on Friday. That is the cultural norm that we live in right now. And so for my women and men that find me, they're tired of that pattern. They're tired of doing that same thing. And I'm not perfect. Do I have drinks occasionally? Sure. But more often than not, you're going to find me sober Sally going to bed at 9.30 PM because I enjoy it. Yeah. (laughs) And I also enjoy my skincare routine and going to the spa and going to the gym and doing all of those things, you know, not hungover. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Totally in alignment there. Well, one of our, one of our core values, as we, as we get to know you a little bit more, um, one of our core values at the medicine is allowing space to evolve and change our minds if we want to. And I'm curious, you know, I want to hear from you. When was the last time that you significantly changed your mind on something and, and what was it about? Yeah. So this kind of really leads me into my health journey. Mm, (laughs) So I have been fully vegan for eight or nine years. It's been a long time. And I have had essentially started when I was younger, right? I had stomach issues for as long as I can remember. I grew up in a 1900s farmhouse, very old house, lived on a farm in Michigan. 
And I started to get essentially breakouts all the way down my shoulders and my back. Now, thankfully, like never had anything on my face. So when I would go to the dermatologist, they would say it was hormonal and they put me on the pill. Mm. So I stayed, yeah, I stayed on the pill for probably from age 14 up until I was maybe 25 or 26. Wow. But meanwhile, it didn't stop my stomach issues, but at least I looked healthy, Mm -hmm. air quotes, right? From the inside out, even though I wasn't. So fast forward to when my husband and I were living in Virginia and I decided to come off the pill because I just, I was like, this isn't healthy for me. This isn't what I want. I really want to figure out what's going on with my body. And the house that we had lived in there again, hindsight's 2020. Um, I was having the worst symptoms I'd ever had. My stomach was worse than it ever was. Um, my skin on my back was covered when I say top to bottom Mm. with just red dots. I was going to allergists. I was, and I remember leaving an allergist and just sobbing because she was like, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm. I went and saw a functional medicine doctor. She told me it was because I was vegan and I was allergic to potatoes. (laughs) That was also not it. (laughs) Um, so there were so many different things, right? So fast forward to this year is when I finally got to the root cause of what it was, which is mold toxicity. Mm. Um, so I have been colonizing my old, my own mold factory in my gut for a very long time. So with mold toxicity comes higher levels of oxalates within your body. Mm-hmm. So one of the things no one ever talks about is being on a fully plant-based diet is it's full of high oxalates. So mm-hmm. when you're dealing with mold toxicity, it's extremely difficult to find things to eat (laughs) that don't feed your candida you're trying to clear and don't feed the mold you're trying to get rid of. So the change comes in, you know, I'm not ready to go back to eating meat. Um, but I am definitely exploring reintroducing eggs into my diet, of course, bought locally. And of course, from a source that I really trust, I like to pet the chickens and thank them for their egg. (laughs) Love that. Um, but it's going to be a big deal for a lot of people who have followed, you know, me being plant-based and there is a part of me that feels shameful, even though I know I shouldn't, even though I know that it's my body and my body's sending a signal and there's not a whole lot I can do, but because the plant-based world is so judgmental and, you know, it's always all or nothing. And that's one of the things I hate the most is, you know, that all or nothing mentality, whether it's dieting, lifestyle relationships, it's never all or nothing. You decide. Yeah. It's never just black and white. There's a lot of gray. And I just want to recognize you because that is no joke. Anyone who has been vegan or vegetarian for any number of years and kind of identified with that community, um, even if your intentions are totally pure and you're like, yeah, you do you, I'll do me, we're good, that there that community is kind of known for being pretty brutal when someone makes the decision to go outside of those. It's a belief system, really. Like it's tends to be a sort of religion for a lot of people. And that's scary one, because if, if someone is in that community who believes so strongly that every human should be doing this exactly the way that they should, when someone goes out of that and actually starts to feel better, which happens all the time, um, it's a mirror. It's a, it's, it's a, 
oh shit, it, could this be wrong? And it's actually an attack. It, it is perceived as an attack on their own identity. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, it doesn't even have anything to do with you or whoever goes off their plant-based you know, system. It's a, it's a total mirror for that person who's so angry that you're choosing to make decisions, informed decisions based on your bio-individuality. It blows my mind, but it, I, I do see it uh, kind of reaching deeper, deeper levels into the psyche rather than just, oh, you believe everyone should be vegan or vegetarian. It really comes down to identity. And if I'm wrong about this, what else could I be wrong about? You know, and that's scary for people to realize. And for me, again, I, I always had this, uh, especially within pregnancy, right? So choline is such a specific nutrient that we need when we're pregnant. We need it when we're not pregnant, but we need even more of it when we're pregnant. So where do we get the most choline? It's always from eggs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if there's one thing I will say that my body has craved over my plant-based journey, it was never really meat for me. It was always eggs. Mm. Like I loved eggs before I gave them up. So, you know, for me, it's, again, it's bio-individual, like you said, but at the end of the day, it's about my health. And if you look at, and again, we could digress on the mold topic, but if you look at the foods that you have to give up when you are trying to clear mold from your body, (laughs) when I say (laughs) it's literally my entire diet. Oh girl, I feel for you. I'm... Hey, homie, if you've listened to the medicine podcast for a while now, you know that Chase and I are extremely selective when it comes to the mushroom products we recommend. This is because after years of researching the mushroom space, we honestly were disappointed to find out that the large majority of these products are diluted and bulked up with grain based fillers which led to us creating our own mushroom elixir, Mushy Love Cinnamon Swirl Latte. We were committed to formulating one that is delicious and high quality, one that has a clean organic ingredient list, no gut or hormone disruptors, absolutely zero fillers, and a hefty dose of pure medicinal mushrooms. Mushy Love Latte is the result. This is a blendable, caffeine-free mushroom elixir with 500 milligrams each of incredible mushrooms, chaga and tremella. That is at least two to three times more mushrooms than other very popular mushroom brands out there to support your gut health, immunity, skin hydration, and beauty. Oh, and it tastes like a liquid cinnamon roll, y'all. Just blend one to two scoops with your favorite steamed milk and you have a delicious elixir that you can drink any time of day. You can also blend a scoop into your morning coffee as a creamer with a cinnamon swirl twist. To try Mushy Love Latte for yourself, go to getmushylove.com and use the code MEDICINE, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, for 10% off your subscription or one-time order. Again, getmushylove.com, use the code MEDICINE. Mushy Love is highest quality mushrooms and highest quality love. Enjoy. It's such a hard thing. That's a really, that's a really tough situation, but I am really proud of you for choosing yourself 
and just remember that I know you are a very strong individual and you're going to be just fine. Um, but if people, you know, if people send some hate your way, um, just come back to that. Like you are making an absolutely informed, wise decision based on the, the feedback that your own body is giving you. Yeah. So I know I don't need to need to say that, but I just wanted to encourage you that I'm really proud of you. And, um, that's your intuition. Like that's your own feedback system. And I think the world would be a lot better off if we actually learned how to listen and, um, take direction from those nudges that come from inside of us or those cravings or whatever it is. Like your body is this multidimensional, you know, uh, capsule of divinity that like knows what to do and what it needs. And sometimes we just need to get out of our own way and, um, you know, silence the noise, the external noise. So, um, I'm, I'm really, really proud of you for, for allowing yourself to change your mind because it could have, you know, really amazing benefits and impact, um, on your health. So to be clear, have you already made the switch? So no, but I'm talking about it, which is a big deal. So I am like, okay, you know, I have to find a place. So knowing that, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to do it. You know, I feel like you can't just, for most people, they can't just like drive there and do it today. Um, I've been talking about it for about a month. And I talked about it, even just thinking about pregnancy before I figured out I had mold. And again, it's mold is such a, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> it is quite possibly the hardest thing to clear. And because I've had it for years, um, man, I've got one heck of a mold <laughs> growing in my body. So um, I just, I, I do think it goes back to that all or nothing, right? It's, it's how so many women are, you know, they get something in their head, like I can't eat this food, whether it's gluten, whether it's, dairy, whether it's meat, whether it's green beans, right? It doesn't matter what it is. And then it kind of turns into this obsession. Yeah. Yeah. And that all or nothing mentality. Yeah. That's, you know, the, we talk about all the time, Chase and I, cause we went through a pretty um, severe, both of us case of orthorexia, which is what you're talking about. It's, you know, it's healthy practices taken to a, an extreme where they become unhealthy and they're so attached to your identity where I would find myself being saying things in my head or even out loud, like, oh no, I'm, I'm not a person who eats bread or no, I'm not a person who eats X, Y, Z or does this or that. It's like, it's a now attached to your identity, which is yeah. not, I don't think healthy for anyone because the body loves seasonality and change. Like think about our ancestors. They were changing and grazing and moving with the seasons, eating what was available in the body. I think, I think we all thrive on changing things up from now and then. And I think we get in such a, a dangerous place when we start to attach our nutrition and lifestyle ideals to um, our identity, like our inner world. So, um, if anyone's listening and, and you're kind of on this journey as well, like this is your nudge, like lean into the intuition that you, that innate wisdom that your body is giving you, like, where else are you supposed to get this information? You know, um, yeah. other than your, your, your beautiful, intelligent body, that's telling you exactly what it needs. 
Well, and reach out, you know, I have so many of my clients who come to me with similar issues. And, you know, for me, it was right when I was at my worst and mold, I was the same as you. Oh, I don't eat almonds. I don't eat cashews. I don't eat this. I don't eat that. And my husband's like, I don't even know what to make for dinner anymore mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> because I don't know what's on the list. <laughs> yeah, really. That's so. very real. Um, well, I wish you all the best. I, I, um, I know that it's a big deal to even just be talking about it and putting it in your awareness. And, and um, I'm, I'm excited to hear when you do make that leap, when you do make that jump, how you feel. So keep me updated for sure. Thank you. You know, I will. <laughs> well, let's get into the goods. Let's get into how to have a healthy pregnancy in a toxic world. And that sort of sounds a little like grandiose. It sounds sort of like doom and gloom, but anyone who has done any amount of research into personal care products, into glyphosate, into tap water, into fluoride, into heavy metals, mold, like, you know, this feeling of being like, what can I use? What can I eat? Where am I going to be safe from all of these toxins that are around us all the time? And even, you know, for me, sometimes I feel a little overwhelmed in this space of like, oh, fuck, okay, I need to do another detox or I need to do another cleanse or I need to do another coffee enema. And so it, it can feel really overwhelming. And, and, you know, when we're talking about pregnancy, this is a time in a woman's life where if there's one time in her life, creating a human seems to be a pretty good time to really take your health seriously. So I would love if, if we could start, you know, um, just if you could share your intention, I know you, you had this pregnancy course and you're a pregnancy coach. Now, um, if you could share your intention with the audience, um, you know, there might be someone out there thinking, or, you know, uh, if, if, spoiler alert, neither one of us have kids, neither one of us have been pregnant. And we realize that, that we're talking about a a topic that neither one of us have actually gone through. So we're just putting that out there. We know, but this is also something that's important to us because we take it very seriously for our own bodies and future children. So um, with that, can you give us your intention with this, this pregnancy course? Yeah. My intention from the beginning, right. I, started going down the pregnancy path when my brother had his first baby and I was in the hospital with him and my sister-in-law at the time. And I looked at the back of the formula that they were going to give her. And I could not believe that the first ingredient was corn syrup solids. Mm. And I was like, this is the first thing that we get out of the womb. (laughs) Okay. Not what I like not what I would give my baby, not, not the vibe I'm going for, not judging anyone for that. But I want you to at least have, if, if you take in all of the knowledge that you learn here today, if you take my course and you go through all of it and you want to throw it out the window, that's amazing. But then, (laughs) yeah, but then you have, you've, you had the choice, right. To take in the information and decide not to do it. But for a lot of us, we're not getting that option. Right. Because when you go to a 20 minute OB appointment or however long it is, there's no way that you can get all those questions answered. And if you Google, which are the best products for my baby, let me know how many thousands of websites Mm -hmm. pop up. And for most people, they don't do the type of research that I do on products and ingredients. And, and to be frank, 
they don't want to. Yeah. They just want to be able to go to one place and be like, oh my gosh, okay, I can trust this person. I can trust their research. And I know that everything that I'm putting in my baby's body is going to be great. And that was my intention is just to have a safe space for women to learn. And then also know that they have the option of getting my support after. And most women don't want my support in terms of what to do, right? I empower you to make your own decisions, but setting boundaries while pregnant. And then while after being pregnant are huge. And we have a lot of moms and mother-in-laws and aunts and sisters who have had kids before and undoubtedly are going to have an opinion on how you birth them, how you raise them and what products you use with them. Mm -hmm. So not getting into a people pleasing mentality and, you know, having a voice in this whole process is really my intention. I want you all to have a voice. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. And it's in such a, in such alignment with everything that, that I believe and, and, and hope, hope to give to women as well. Um, What you're talking about is informed consent. You know, a lot of people aren't actually making an informed decision because not that they're stupid or uneducated, but sometimes, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And if you, a lot of times, um, I have been, you know, subject to this, I'm not immune to this. I'm, I'm learning. And I'm over the last, especially three years, I feel like this has really been, um, something that I've been invited to look at in myself is what we tend to do is project our value system on other people, businesses, or corporations, organizations thinking, oh no, they they wouldn't put something that's unhealthy, you know, on the, on the store shelf, they wouldn't give this to babies if it wasn't, you know, the healthiest. And it's sort of like a, I don't mean this in a demeaning way at all. It just is what it is. It's sort of like a childlike archetype mentality where you're looking to the adults or the corporations, businesses, organizations to show you, to tell you what to do, what to buy, where to go, what to use. And what you're talking about is stepping out of that childlike archetype and stepping into the adult archetype really is like, okay, what is the education that I need to acquire so that I can make the best decision based on informed consent? That's what I'm hearing you say. Exactly. That is a hundred percent what I want every woman. Again, your CEO of your pregnancy, your CEO of your pre-pregnancy, which a lot of people don't talk about too, right? Pregnancy doesn't just start when you get pregnant. You know, the health of you and the health of your spouse starts before you ever conceive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) you looked at this baby formula and you were appalled as Mm -hmm. I have been in the past looking at what, you know, it's like soybean oil or, um, you know, vegetable oil oftentimes. And I, I'm just, I've been there too, where I'm, I'm just like, what, how did this even get past like initial rounds of testing for what a baby needs to thrive in their most vulnerable, you know, precious state? I don't, I don't know. Um, I can't, I can't answer that. Um, so you, you started down this rabbit hole of, okay, you know, researching and looking into products, how did that actually develop into a a course where you're like, I I need to get this information out there? Why, why not just keep it for yourself? Because I feel like 
I thought of myself as a woman in corporate America. So as a woman in corporate America, I didn't have the time to sit there and look up all of these different products and go, okay, is my formula good? Like I didn't, I, I didn't know that. And so, you know, I want those women who are going to work every day and work in a nine to five job. And if you're not, who cares? I want you to have this information too. You know, I just want the availability and then you can decide. Yeah, no, that's so good. Well, you know, we, we mentioned like before you actually have a baby, you have to get pregnant and it seems like that's something that's getting harder and harder to do from both the woman, the woman's perspective and the, the man's perspective sperm counts are going down, like fertility is dropping. People are having to do, you know, IVF more and more often. I hear about that all the time. Um, you know, birth control really messes things up. Um, so I, I would love to talk about this fertility, uh, and prepping our bodies for pregnancy. Um, in your opinion, you know, what are from your research and everything, what are some of the most important things? We'll, we'll start with just women. And then if you want to throw in some, some man stuff as well, but for the woman who's like, okay, you know, in the next year or two, I want to, I want to prep my body for having a baby. What are, what are some pointers that you can give her? Yeah. So definitely a big one for me is alcohol. So, you know, if you are drinking on a regular basis, whether that's on the weekends, whether that's multiple times a week, that's my number one thing that's got to go. It's not going to do you any favors with your hormones. It's just, you know, it's super toxic to the body. And what are we trying to do? We're, we're trying to detoxify the body, right? So then again, for me, it's going to be, if you want to get tested and see where your levels are at for glyphosate, for heavy metals, for mold, (laughs) you know, any of those things you can, or you can just assume that you may be semi-toxic because all of us are, and then doing (laughs) a protocol. Um, you know, I know you and I know Cellcore and microformulas very, very well. Those are the two companies I love the most. So, you know, opening your drainage pathways, making sure you're really able to detox, getting on a quality prenatal, you know, is huge. So staying on that, making sure your nutrient levels are high, high. If you are plant-based, you know, it is going to be harder just in terms of depending on how you eat to get those nutrients. So making sure that, you know, you can get your levels checked and see where your vitamin levels are at. But what we, what we forget a lot of times is the baby is going to take from us if they don't have enough. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when it comes to calcium, right, which calcium is a huge number that we need when we're pregnant, if that baby doesn't have enough, they will start to take it from our bones. Mm -hmm. We can't get that back. (laughs) Unapologetically, they will take, (laughs) they will take exactly what they need and leave us in shambles because we're growing a tiny human. And that selfishly is (laughs) they're going to take everything they want and need. And that's really Um, like, it has to be that way. Otherwise- Otherwise babies would fail to thrive baby. You know, there would be more, you know, spontaneous miscarriages and things like that. If the baby's not getting the nutrients that it needs. So it has to be that way. Like this is an intelligent design for sure, but it is, um, definitely still, um, quite taxing on the mother's body for sure. Yeah. And then I think, you know, on the men's side, it's the smoking weed and drinking beer that are the big ones. <laughs> um, so many men do that so often, and it is going to affect their sperm count. It is going to affect their motility. 
Um, so getting rid of those things for them is so, so key. Uh, of course, cutting down drinking in general, but beer is just one of the things that's a no-go for me. Absolutely not. If their testosterone's on the mid to low point, adding in Shilajit is one of my favorite things, which I'm sure you're familiar with. It's a really great supplement. And then of course, maca for both men and women, you know, there's different colors that are good for each. So um, you can incorporate that. There's so many supplements and things you can use for fertility, but the fertility piece that no one talks about is the mental aspect. Mm. So, you know, going and talking to someone with your spouse, are you both on board or does one of you, is one of you appeasing the other person and saying, I'm ready to have a kid, but really they don't want one Mm -hmm. that, that I see a lot is your relationship in a good space because there's so much that goes intimately into creating a baby. And for a lot of people, they miss the mental aspect of it. They miss the fact that they're lonely in their marriage. And so they're hoping this child is going to fill that void. Yeah. So, you know, I've definitely worked with certain clients who we couldn't get pregnant, couldn't get pregnant. And eventually, you know, found out that one spouse was really unhappy in the relationship. And then they moved on and got remarried to another spouse. And lo and behold, they got pregnant, no problem. Mm. So there are those, you know, our body is so smart, so intuitive. And so you just can't fake that intimacy and that mindset that you need to go into a pregnancy. And then as far as, you know, the pre-planning relationship work, no one talks about that. How are we going to raise our kids? How do you want to discipline them? What, what kind of schools do you want them to go to? Do you want them vaccinated? (laughs) Yeah. Do you want them vaccinated or not? Yeah. Those are, that's a big one. It's a huge one. It's a big topic in the Russia household. Yeah. Um, As we, you know, talk about those things as well. So knowing that you are on the same page and in this day and age, if you choose to do things differently, if you don't want your kids to go to public school, you know, it can be isolating, right? It can be challenging to not do the cultural norm, but it's Mm -hmm. still going to work out and it's still going to be amazing. Yeah. I love, I love this topic of conscious conception. Like it's, it's not like you're sitting in like a, you know, meditative pose while you conceive your beautiful angel baby. It's not like that. It's conscious. It's awareness. It's awareness Mm -hmm. around all of these different aspects of conceiving and pregnancy and parenting. And like you said, like, this is not a, um, you know, when we, when we, get married or say you're in a long-term relationship with someone, it's serious and you know, you're going to be together and you know, you want to have a family or whatever. But as soon as you get married, (laughs) there are a hundred people asking you like, when are you going to have kids? You know, it's just like, it's part of this sort of like, quote unquote, mainstream script of happiness. And don't get me wrong. Like I, I definitely want to be a mother and Chase and I are confident that we will step into that, um, that adventure. But it is, I think it can be um, detrimental to the the feminine, to the, to the woman and to the relationship when they don't even have time to really live their life together before they're expected to provide grandchildren. 
you know? And if you choose that, like, if you're like, oh, we know we want to be parents right away. Totally cool. That's the beauty of consciousness and awareness is like, you get to choose free will. Right. But there is this unspoken pressure and sometimes not so unspoken pressure to provide grandchildren or to fix your relationship or bring more love into the household with a kid. And it's something that Chase and I have talked at, at like at just so many hours of why we've waited. We've been together 16 years and it's such a huge job. It's such a huge adventure, a huge responsibility. It is the responsibility. So I love this conversation, obviously I'm going on a rant now. Um, but just this, this concept of conscious conception, like start to have these conversations with your person, with your, your partner before you're even trying to get pregnant. Right. Like, I think that's how we usher in and, and provide and facilitate like a really beautiful, loving environment. And there's symmetry, there's alignment between the two partners when they bring a child actually into the home. And what I see a lot of now, you know, my husband and I have been together almost 11 years too. So we're right there with you guys <laughs> and have not had a child. But what I see now is, is, you know, women are having children later, but they're also being unapologetic about how they want to do it. So if they want a nanny, if they want a live-in au pair, you know, if they want the help and support, they're not afraid to ask for it. You know, having kids doesn't mean that you have to suffer. It doesn't mean that you have to give up all of your pleasures and your time with your spouse. And I think that was what the narrative was for so, so long that people just, they think of having kids and then it's just going to ruin their marriage and they're never going to travel again and they're not going to have any goals. And it does not have to be that way. No, I think it, um, of course, again, we're, we're talking about this as two people who do not have children, but we're speaking, you know, just um, into our experience as it relates to this conversation of prep and what we want, what we want to experience. And uh, this is so important. And one thing that I would love to hear your thoughts on um, in the, the realm, the conversation of prepping your body, we got to talk about the epidemic of women who chronically undereat. Yeah. So if you have watched any of my videos on TikTok, I, I would say on TikTok, I'm far more <laughs> abrasive oh, <really? laughs> with, my, with my opinions, just because I don't know any of my followers on TikTok, whereas yeah. I know all of them on Instagram, <laughs> uh, which is one of the reasons I love TikTok so much. Hey friends, by now you probably have picked up that Chase and I are committed to living optimally healthy lives. We are obsessed with small actions that have profound benefits for the entire body, which is why I'm super excited to share the benefits of ASEA with you. ASEA is classified as a cell signaling supplement, meaning that it supports cellular regeneration and communication. Our overall expression of health comes down to our individual cells and how they function. And with so many toxins, pesticides, and disruptors that unfortunately exist in our world, it's no wonder that the body starts to break down and express disease. We'd like to limit that disease expression if possible, 
and it is possible. ASEA is full of redox molecules. These redox molecules are the communication centers of your cells. We're born with redox molecules, but they steadily decrease over time. So ASEA redox comes in two different forms, used in different ways, but both have incredible capacity to help the body heal itself. There's a liquid and a gel. ASEA Redox Liquid is something we drink daily to increase our internal cellular communication and regeneration throughout the body. We've noticed that our digestion, sleep quality, and recovery after workouts has all improved. The gel is a topical product that can be used for pain or fast healing of injuries or skin issues. I personally use it on my face twice a day to promote smooth, nourished, clear skin and honestly, my skin has never been softer or smoother in my life. I'm amazed. The gel also increases blood flow significantly, so TMI, but we love to use it before sex to increase blood flow and sensation. I won't get into all the details here, but wow, it really works. To learn more about how ASEA supports your entire body and see a full breakdown of uses, you can go to themedicine.com forward slash ASEA. That's A-S-E-A. Or you can just check the show notes, of course, for the direct link. We are committed to only sharing with you guys what has made a significant impact on our lives and overall well-being. Cheers to cellular health and cheers to ASEA. Okay, bye. Um, but one of the things I talk about it that no one talks about is the under eating and over exercising epidemic that is stopping women from ovulating and is stopping women from being fertile. We are not meant to be a size double zero and ovulate. Like we are meant to have more body fat than a man. Mm -hmm. which is why, you know, anyone that's been in bodybuilding and have shredded their bodies down to these ridiculously low calorie deficits, they lose their period. They stop ovulating, you know, anyone who's a high powered athlete, because you can't possibly fuel for as many calories as you're burning. And so I don't recommend a crazy workout schedule when you're trying to get pregnant, but so many people, I actually was just working with a client probably six months ago who was prepping to get pregnant and she was dieting. And I was like, this is the exact opposite I would have you do if you were working with me, mm -hmm. but that's not what she hired me to do. She hired me on the health coach end. So, you know, again, there are physicians who see a woman who in their eyes looks to be overweight, but I'm like, when you really put it all down on paper and I ask that person, how many calories are you eating per day? How much are you exercising? How much are you working? Usually the reality is they're under eating, even though they appear to be overweight and nothing is going well in their body. Yeah. And at that point it's, it's, it comes down to toxicity and hormone imbalance. And it's like, we have to get certain puzzle pieces in place to, to figure that out because it can be really confusing where it's like, why do I have excess body fat if I'm eating a thousand calories a day? And, uh, that's a, you know, a, a separate conversation, I suppose, but <clears throat> I think this is a really important, um, thing to touch on this, this epidemic of under eating. And I, <laughs> I will be the first one to shoot my hand in the air and say that I did it for like six plus years, um, maybe even longer, um, because there is such immense pressure externally to look a certain way, to be a certain body type, whatever the 
fad is for the feminine figure, right? Like the, in the eighties and nineties, it was kind of stick straight, like buggy yes. type of, um, you know, supermodels. And then it kind of went to the, um, skinny lean, but like plump boobs, like Victoria's secret model. And now it's, it's like a Kim Kardashian body is, you know, like a tiny waist, big boobs, big butt. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of those bodies, by the way, I'm merely, my point is that the fad, like women's bodies are like a fashion statement and it changes like almost every decade on the dot it's changing. And what we see in fashion and models and on the runway, it fluctuates. And so if anyone is out there, like trying to mimic what they see other women on the fronts of magazines, what, what they're doing, just know that you're, you're playing into the game and you could be really harming your body in the process, in the, the pursuit or attempt to look a certain way, to match a certain model, to match a certain, you know, Instagram star or whatever, because like you said, you know, we're not the, the, female body, just the body in general is amazing what it can do. And the fact that these bodybuilders can shape their bodies in these sort of specific ways is, um, is incredible, but is it, um, facilitating optimal health? Obviously the answer is no, no, <laughs> no, it's not. And especially for women, you know, if you're, if you have abs popping out, you know, like 3d and you don't have your period, that's a, a good indicator that like you've, probably been, you know, under eating for some time and, and this, this, um, you know, trying to prepping your body for pregnancy, it could be a, it could be a long haul for you. It may not happen just like that. Um, I recently, uh, took a course on healing your metabolism because <clears throat> I was, I was one of these women who was under eating. It wasn't even like I was, you know, trying to stay under 1200 calories or anything like that. It was just that I had bucketed so many foods that I wouldn't touch, you know, bread, Correct. any sort of sugar, like so many things. And, um, so then by, and then just working a really active job and then also like doing, you know, a hit routine and lifting every single day for ever, um, you know, you get into the state where your body feels undernourished. So I know this journey so well, and it is a mind fuck to get out of it. I can tell you that. And I'm sure you can speak to this too. If you've had your own journey with this, like it is a mind fuck to rewire your brain to eat enough food. Well, for me, you know, because my mold was causing so many stomach pains, the, I just kept thinking I'll finally lose my stomach, but my stomach is just like, when I have like a mold flare, it's just bloated and big. And so I would equate that back to if I eat less calories, somehow I'm going to trick my stomach into not being upset and not be bloated and big. So I went down the same orthorexia path that you did to where I just kept taking out foods and calories and all of these things, which then of course caused my hormones to start to have issues. And, you mm -hmm. know, someone was like, oh, if you want to clear the skin on your back, don't eat any fat, right? Like that's a thing in the plant-based world, right? Don't eat any fats. And then meanwhile, I started getting breakouts on my face and I was like, they told me if I didn't eat fat, like my body couldn't produce. <laughs> right. Aww. So yeah, just so many different things. But you know, when you're prepping for pregnancy, I would like it if you're a little thick, to be honest, I would be happy not that you have to be overweight, 
But if you're someone that works out six days a week, how about we take it down to four days a week, mm-hmm. three to four days a week. You can walk as much as you, you want, honey. You want to walk 20,000 steps today. You want to walk 10 miles. Great. Walk. You want a bike ride. You want to stay active that way. Amazing. But those are types of exercises that don't really put that much strain on your body, on your hormones, all those different things, you know? So that's where I want you to think low impact. I want you to think resting more, eating more calories. And, you know, if you have been someone who has been trying to stay a size two since high school, it's, it's going to be tough on you. Yeah. And, you know, we're not, this isn't like one big permission slip to just like pile drive a row of Oreos or to, you know, go to Chick-fil-A five times a week or whatever. Like we're not saying eat more calories of whatever. What I, what I am saying is like eat enough whole nutritious food, like food that your body can actually recognize. And that's, that's what I, I try to do. I don't really subscribe to any sort of like, Oh, I'm paleo. I'm this I'm carnivore. I'm vegan. I'm, I don't do any, like, I don't do any of that. I try to rotate a little bit, but sticking, you know, 90% to whole foods and, um, you know, and, and then eating enough. And I can finally say that my body is responding, you know, this is after years of me switching this, you know, rewiring my brain. Um, like I said, it's not easy. I sympathize with anyone out there who's trying to rewire their brain on, on, you know, on this topic. Um, but it is really important, not only for pregnancy, but just for life to be harder to kill, you know, like for, for the prevention of, lifestyle related diseases and chronic illness. Like we need fuel. You don't have to earn your food just by being alive. And by breathing, you are worthy of eating enough. Yep. I totally agree. And, you know, again, you're, if you are really struggling with self-love and body image issues, first of all, call me. (laughs) Um, But second, if you sign up for a pregnancy it is going to be exacerbated times 50, hundred million. Yes. Okay. That's an official stat, gonna, people. 50, hundred million. It's official. <laughs> it is because you're going to look in the mirror one day and go, oh my gosh, why do I look so fat? And even though in your brain, you're telling yourself I'm growing a tiny human, you're not going to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. How do we, how do we transmute that, you know, transformational process of growing a human from like, oh my God, my, my abs are disappearing to like, wow, what is happening to my body is so beautiful. Look at this magnificent creation of life inside of me. Like, look at the magic that my body can create and having this sort of awe and reverence for, for what your body can do without you, like, telling it what to do. It just knows like, how are we not talking about this all of the time? Always. (laughs) But I mean, I think when you enter into a conscious pregnancy, like we talked about, it's different Yeah. because you've prepped for so long and you've waited so long, right? I waited so long to have a baby. So I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. I, I feel like this is it. This is what I want. This is the time, you know, I've talked about everything. I've had the conversations. I've treated my body really well. It's, mm-hmm. it's a different way to enter a pregnancy than I think the majority of women have done in the past. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And I, I feel like we are in alignment there where it, 
it doesn't feel like, oh, just the next box on the the life to-do list. It feels like I'm I'm getting nudges from my consciousness and from my, from my own, you know, soul. That's like, this is something that we want you to start learning about and start familiarizing yourself with. So, um, yeah, well, let's, let's talk about, I'm just, this is for my own curiosity. Um, over the last couple of years, you know, I've heard a ton of pregnant women, mothers who have been avoiding hospitals in general for very obvious reasons, um, and have actually been seeking out the care of doulas, midwives, holistic OBGYNs, and seeking out um, home births. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on all of that. Yeah, I, myself included, as long as everything goes a-okay with my pregnancy, the goal is a home birth. And if I have to do a birthing center, I will do a birthing center, but I'm praying for a really healthy pregnancy, which will enable me to be able to do a home birth. And I understand there's, you know, there's people who can't, and if you can't, don't feel like you're failing, you can use a birthing center, or you can find a hospital that really has tailored their program to women. Hospitals are coming around to it because they're not seeing as many women utilize hospitals. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a sign that the times are changing, but the biggest thing is your team, right? We talk about support, 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 and picking your team for birthday is instrumental Mm -hmm. because you have to feel heard in that room. And I can't tell you how many women, it breaks my heart. I could cry about it have had a baby and chosen not to have another one because their birth experience was so bad. Mm -hmm. And they have, you know, nurses who have been, you know, in the maternity ward for years who are talking to you like you're an idiot because you're only 28 years old and you've never had a baby before and they know more than you and they know better than you. Rather than going, this is my body. This is my baby. I get to pick what happens. They lose their voice in that room. Yeah. That's so heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. So, you know, whatever you choose to do, I always say, interview a bunch of people, interview different teams, check out your hospital, check out a birthing center. You know, if everything goes well and you want to do it at home, that's great too. There's amazing midwives and doulas who have done home birth forever. Um, I think laying on your back to have a baby is probably one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of. not something I want to practice. (laughs) It kind of like, it seems like that, that was maybe a man who came up with that. What do you think? Correct. Correct. I don't know what woman would not want gravity on her side Right. (laughs) Um, when, when pushing out a baby. But I just think that again, it doesn't matter what you choose. The one thing that I want you to know is that I want you to just be so solid in your voice and in your confidence. And if you're not, okay, maybe you're the quiet one in the relationship and your partner's really outspoken, right? Knowing that your person can be that voice for you if you can't, because that's a big deal too. What Mm -hmm. if something happens and you pass out? What do you want your partner to do? You know, having those tough conversations before you're in it is a really, really big deal. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that that, yeah, that's such a good point. Um, I was having a conversation with one of my friends who's a holistic OBGYN. His name's Nathan. He's a phenomenal human. And uh, he was basically saying like, wherever you feel safer, some women feel safer 
in a hospital setting, just in case something goes wrong, then there's a surgeon there. Some women, myself included, don't feel safe in hospitals. I feel safer in my home or in a homey type environment. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there is no wrong answer. It's wherever you feel most comfortable and safest because that stress you know, if you um, really don't want to be in a hospital, but you consent because your mother-in-law is like, you can't have a home birth. Are you crazy? You hippie. Um, And you consent to kind of people please. And like, okay, I'll just keep the peace. I'll go to a hospital. But really on the inside, you're having this stress response by being there that is serving no one. So it's just, you know, it's, it's about learning what your options are and, and deciding for yourself with informed consent, you know, what your ideal birthing situation is and and having that in mind, not waiting for someone to tell you what's right or what to do, but really like investigating all options and deciding for yourself. That's what true advocacy is for your body, for your baby. Um, Okay. Well, let's get into, you know, the, the actual pregnancy. Um, on the medicine podcast, we talk about all the time, these medicines for body, mind, and relationship. And I thought it would be fun if you could share some of your insight as it relates to best practices or medicines, you could say for the pregnant woman, we'll start with their body. You know, we've talked about a few things here and there, but, um, if you could pull on your wisdom, your research and, and, and how, how are women supposed to best support their body? during pregnancy, other than what we've already talked about? Yeah. So I think, you know, movement, right? Movement is always super, super key. And in the course, I have daily stretches every single day to do, you know, if I asked you and I am, I'm just going to ask you, you may get this right. If you've seen any of my videos on IG, but what do you think the most important exercise is in pregnancy? Oh, well, let's see. I, uh, I haven't seen any of your videos, so I, I don't know. I would guess some sort of, um, mind connection to your core or pelvic floor. Kegels. You nailed it. Well, hey, wow. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that is the most important exercise to do pre pregnancy during pregnancy, you know, strengthening that muscle over and over and over again. I'm doing them right now. (laughs) That's the beauty, right? We can do them wherever, whenever. Um, And I do talk about that in the course a lot, doing different ones, like, you know, doing a hold, then waiting 10 seconds, letting go. Um, A really good way too, is when you're going to the bathroom. So quitting midstream and having to hold that and then release that. That's another really good way to practice those muscles. Yeah. So if, if somebody doesn't, I mean, I'm sure 99% of people know what kegels are, but if, if for whatever reason they don't, can you, can you explain what that is and, and the, how you make that happen? <laughs> it's kind of difficult to explain, which is why I use the peeing yeah. often. Right. So for someone who does not understand how to use their kegel muscles, it's going to be in your, you know, we're within the pelvic floor and you're basically <laughs> the best way to describe it is go to the bathroom stop peeing midstream. The thing that allows you to stop peeing midstream is those Kegel is the Kegel exercises and is going to, you know, utilize those muscles that we need in order to, well, help us from peeing ourselves pregnant. That's part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but also I do think it's instrumental after you give birth 
to work with someone on your pelvic floor, to be working with an expert, um, even if it's yes, working with a personal trainer who is qualified to help with the pelvic floor. But I recommend for every woman, because if your abs separate, which a lot of women's do during your pregnancy, they may never go back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is where we lose those stomach muscles. And again, that's why there are a lot of exercises in my program that enable you to be utilizing different muscles. Of course, you're not going to do ab exercises every day, um, but you still want to make sure you're maintaining some sort of exercise movement in those regions. Yeah. I <clears throat> Do you think there's a, a connection like just the mind muscle connection. I I have, obviously I know that that's important when we're, you know, exercising in general, but it seems like there might be some value with, um, connecting your mind to that muscle group of the abs, like telling your body, like this, this area is important to maintain. This area is important to be optimal, like, and, and letting your body know over and over that, um, this area is, working. It's doing something like, let's stay intact. Like I'm using these often. I need these muscles together. Do you think there's any connection there? I always think your thoughts, right. Become your reality. So Mm -hmm. if your thought process before you get pregnant is I'm going to have the worst morning sickness ever. This is going to be the worst. I hate it. My body's going to hurt. My body's never going to be the same. That will a hundred percent, in my opinion, be your reality. And I think that there's so much negativity surrounding pregnancy and then after the birth. And I, I want to change that narrative, but I think it's because of how we're told, right. That women can do everything that men can. And I don't think we can in a positive way. I don't think say more. Yeah. I don't think we're meant to right? We really thrive when we take time for ourselves and we lead with our intuition and feelings versus working in our masculine, which just means we're busy all the time and we don't ask for help and we can do everything on our own. I mean, if you want to try it out that way, let me know how it goes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's, a recipe for adrenal fatigue and burnout. (laughs) Yes. But if you look at the majority of women these days and I have a lot of women who will work with me. They have their baby, they quit working with me. And then they're back about three to six months after that baby Mm -hmm. has been born because they're like, oh my gosh, I need something for me. Yeah. I need something for me. I need that space. I need that outlet. I need that voice of reason. You know, I need that support and I'm grateful to be that, but I want more women to know that it doesn't have to get to that point. Mm-hmm. You can design and create a pregnancy and an after pregnancy exactly the way you want it to. But we're so worried about judgment, right? When I tell people like, yes, I am hundred percent on board with having an au pair. The amount of people who have told me you're going to let someone else raise your kid. <laughs> you don't want to be a part of your kid's life. All these different things. Wow. I mean, I've heard it all. Wow. Yeah. Rather than going, oh, you want to show up when you're spending time with your baby as the absolute best version of yourself, not the distracted, zoned out watching TV, you know, not interacting with them. Yeah. Yeah. If we don't take space, the time that we do get with our kids is diminished 
because we're just surviving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think that it's a, another type of epidemic where mothers in with all of the best intentions, right? No one does this. I think, I, I don't think in a malicious way or intentionally, but we, you know, they, they want to extend themselves and be of service to their family and their kids. And that's beautiful, but just like anything else, it can go to an unhealthy degree where now you are depleting yourself to, um, to take care of your family, you know, chronically, like, of course, with a newborn, it's like, yeah, you're going to sacrifice some sleep to, <laughs> to, yeah. figure, to figure all of that out. I'm not saying that that can never happen, but when it's year after year, after year, after year, that is, that's really hard. That's uh, really hard for the individual, for the mother, when her whole identity is wrapped up in the child. And she's kind of in the space where she's like, I don't even know what I like, who I am without my connection to my kids or my family. And uh, I think that there is a healthy balance, you know, like, just like you're saying, like, we need to decide for us, what's going to help us show up best for our kids and family. And maybe that's an au pair. Maybe it's a nanny. Maybe it's a daycare, maybe whatever it is. Um, but it's, again, it's, um, informed, informed decisions. Is there anything else, um, for best practices for supporting the body that you're, that are on the top of your mind? Supporting the body. Of course, you're going to have supplements while pregnant, right? You know, there's so many different, one of the things we haven't talked about is especially with fertility, um, there's a genetic mutation called MTHFR. We call it a lot of people call it the motherfucker gene, right? Oh. Uh, which I didn't realize that I had until uh, struggling with my mold issue. Makes sense why a lot of people who have T- MTHFR, they struggle detoxing. Their body does not convert folate the way that it should. So, you know, taking a methylfolate is going to be very, very, very important to them. And it could be the difference between them getting pregnant and staying pregnant. Mm, okay. So, you know, just the critical nutrients and again, getting enough of it. Right. So making sure that your body is able to absorb. And then the other thing is, is a lot of women, they ignore their cravings. And I talk about this in the course about why you should not ignore your cravings. So I'll have, um, let me just give you an example. I had a mom who was working with me and she was pretty low fat because she lifted a lot and, you know, she was very much into body physique and she was pretty low fat before she got pregnant. When I tell you she had to like lock up her avocados and peanut butter because she just couldn't get enough of fats while she was pregnant, that was the reality because whatever we're not really drawn to prior to pregnancy, you will probably see yourself eat a lot of that during pregnancy because your body is trying to catch up those nutrients. Mm -hmm. So that's why I always say, you know, lean into those cravings and then know that you are also building your baby's microbiome. So if you are obsessed with carrots, the odds of your child coming out and being obsessed with carrots uh, is very high. (laughs) And it is scientifically proven that um, they will eat and love a lot of the same foods that you do or that you did while you were pregnant. So uh, I like, I'm scared to even ask this question um, because I know (laughs) that, um, there's not a lot of great options, but for prenatals is, do you have, I'm I'm sure you have a lot of education in your course. Um, Are there ones that are acceptable to you? Hey, homie, did you hear that Organifi 
the creators of the best and most delicious green juice in the world, now has a crisp apple version. You guys, it is so dang good. I love the original green juice, but this may be my new favorite Organifi product. The apple taste isn't too strong. It's just the right amount. So green juice crisp apple has all the same benefits of the original green juice with a new crisp twist and refreshing taste and only two grams of sugar using organic whole apple sources handpicked from our home state of Washington. Holler! I drink green juice on a daily basis because the clinical dose of ashwagandha really helps support my body's stress response and cortisol levels. And you know what they say, you're either making stress hormones or sex hormones, not both. So green juice really is sexy. To grab your new sexy green juice, crisp apple, go to Organifi.com and remember to use the code MIMIFIT, M-I-M-I-F-I-T at checkout for a hefty 20% off on all your Organifi orders. Cheers and love, boo. Yeah. So again, I think it, everybody has their preference. So some women, myself included, I get incredibly constipated with, um, a lot of the prenatal supplements and a lot of women experience the same, especially if they have interesting guts, we'll call mine an interesting one. (laughs) Um, so I do actually really like some of the whole food gummies. Uh, some people do not like the garden of life, my kind, because it is owned by Nestle. Um, but I think that Alicia Silverstone, when she came out with the company, it was with good intention. So I do think, you know, if you're struggling with finding one that you can take, that is not a pill form. Um, I do think that is one of the better ones out there. Um, I really like thorn thorn always has pretty good quality, um, Mm -hmm. products in general, but their prenatal is really good. There's a couple of new companies that I'm watching, but I'm not ready to say I'm there. Yeah, no, I love that. I have, um, some, some of my clients really like Ritual. Again, it's not certified organic. Um, there's a couple of things I would change, but you always have to do what works really well for your body. And that's what I empower them to do. Mm-hmm. Not every person's body is going to respond the same to a prenatal, but you know, you're going to want to look for one that does include a methylfolate, right? Which some of them do not. Um, if you're plant-based and even if you're not plant-based, a lot of women are not at adequate iron levels. So does it have iron included in there? I don't know. You know, that's something to look out for and know what your iron levels are before you go into pregnancy. Yeah. Adequate. I just, I wanted to pause there for a second because I've been learning through this metabolism course that I just recently took, um, the, how iron works in the body. And I didn't know this before this course, but the, I, I, the body actually makes, it has its own reserve of iron and it makes its own iron. But because sometimes we are so low in things like copper and magnesium and other like very important minerals that our body can't actually utilize the iron. Um, so it's, it's a bigger, to my knowledge, thus far, it's a bigger conversation than simply taking an iron supplement. Yes. And so what you're doing though, right. Is if you are already pregnant, your, 
you're trying to make it so the body gets through the pregnancy. So you're not going to solve, right? If you're anemic when you started and you didn't know, and your body was able to get pregnant, we're essentially trying to kind of live on a crutch through the pregnancy, get your body to adequate iron levels throughout. And then hopefully you'll be able to work with someone, you know, and again, there's parasites. There's so many things that go into your iron levels. Um, so we could definitely digress down the iron hole a lot. Yeah. I wanted to throw that out there that it's, it's, um, if you are taking iron and you don't see your iron levels going up, it's probably related to one of these other things, maybe parasites, or maybe your body is low in these other mineral minerals that also play in with iron in the body. So it's a bigger picture than just grabbing an iron supplement from Costco or whatever. A hundred percent. And again, you get to the point where, you know, your body's taken in too much iron and then they're like, yeah. why is my poop black? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why are all these things? And, and that's why I said, I don't want you to just get your stuff from supplements, right? We want it coming from whole food sources. We want your body to be absorbing nutrients. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I think that quality water. There's a lot of women that are using reverse osmosis, which can be a great thing. You know, we have a Berkey can be a great thing, but where are those minerals, right? Which is what you were just talking about. So if I had my perfect world for pregnant women, I would have them on spring water and nothing else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely, I know there's services that deliver spring water Um, we have a system from Greenfield naturals that has like a four chambered system where it's actually mineralizing, cleaning, purifying, and structuring the water. And we absolutely love it. It's really affordable. Um, but I also too add minerals into my water every single time. Like I fill up my hydro flask full and, you know, always am putting at least a few drops of minerals in there because even though we have this like amazing water system, I've seen my health transform when I really got serious about learning, learning about minerals and getting them every single day. Like I don't travel without them. Like I have to have my minerals. Um, Yes. I'm the same. I'm with you. And my husband always laughs because of course, you know, we're bringing like the whole cabinet with us. (laughs) I know. Yeah. It was ridiculous. We just went to Nashville and my like supplement stack, you know, in the hotel, I'm sure the, like the hotel maids are like, or maids cleaning, cleaning service. It's probably more PC, um, are like, what the, who is this person? Like, (laughs) how long are you here for? You know, but it's just not worth it to me to not feel good. So I, it's, 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 uh, something that I, that I do, but okay. So let's, we, we talked about the body and we talked about movement a little bit and, um, best practices for exercise, things like that. And supplements, of course, what about, you know, best practices for the mind? How can a pregnant woman support her mind? Definitely meditation. I'm a huge fan of meditation. I'm also a huge fan of hypnotherapy. Mm. So if you've never done hypnotherapy, uh, you will get to meet my hypnotist at the retreat. Love it. Positive. You will love him. And I think that, you know, some of us spend our entire lives trying to break these subconscious thoughts and patterns, and we just can't get to them. They're so deep within our brain. And so, you know, I always ask my mamas to be like, what are your biggest fears in becoming a parent? And usually the reality is I don't want to end up like ex-parent. It's usually not both parents. Sometimes it is. 
Um, but there's usually a driving force of one parent that they do not want to end up like. But we really go into what are some of the habits that you're exhibiting already that you can see that you have gotten from that parent? How do you respond to, you know, I was watching a TikTok video, I think it was yesterday, and I saw the most beautiful thing and more moms are coming out talking about this. And she was, she basically, this woman, I don't know who she is. I can't remember, but she films videos making coffees with like her three-year-old. So inevitably her three-year-old spills it all the time, but she, they had just finished making one for TikTok. It was a full coffee and he spilled it everywhere. And she videoed herself not responding to him for a good 30 seconds while she reset her nervous system and took really big, deep breaths. Mm. Because right when we react immediately, it would be, oh my gosh, why did you do that? Blah, blah, blah. You know, you go into that reactive state. And so I think for the mind, if you have trouble doing that, if you have trouble controlling your anger, controlling your outbursts, you know, really doing some deep work while you're pregnant or before you get pregnant to reset your nervous system, meditating, even if it's for five minutes a day, people always think it's not good enough. And I'm here to tell you it a hundred percent is, and it all adds up. Yeah, absolutely. I saw something recently in, in this, um, in this, on this topic of supporting the mind. Um, it was this mother who said she made an, she created an intention for her pregnancy every day. She basically envisioned herself having fun during her birth, during the birth during the birthing process, whatever it was going to be. She just envisioned herself having fun and and having it be an enjoyable experience. And that's so, so against like everything that you see in movies and TV shows and hear about from family members, like, oh, I was being ripped open and this and the screams and all the craziness that we see attached to birth. Like I'm going to do this. Um, we, Chase and I have already decided that there's this thing you can do, um, where it's called hypnobirthing, where you basically during your pregnancy, you practice, uh, this meditation, this mantra, like your partner. So in, in our case, Chase would be reading this mantra, this meditation to me every day of my pregnancy or whatever it is. And it puts you into this. He's not actually hypnotizing me. What it is, is your body goes back. You develop this neural connection, that mantra to relaxation and, and the parasympathetic nervous system. And so then once you do that during birth, your brain knows, oh, this is relaxation for me. So then your body can, can do what it's supposed to do and release stress and release, um, you know, any negativity or whatever it is from, from your psyche, from the space that you're in. And it just adds to more flow and ease during the birthing process. So I heard about this from one of my doula friends and I was like, oh, I'm absolutely doing that 100%. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you know me, I'm always about creating a vibe wherever you are, whatever you have to do. So, you know, in the course I talk about wherever you choose to birth, whether it's at home, whether it's a birthing center, whether it's in a hospital room, you make that space a total fucking vibe. Yeah. Bring your own lighting. Like you bring your snacks, you don't listen to anyone else because this is not anyone else's birthing story and truth. So stay true. You know, if you have like, for me, you know, it's all about being fabulous. So I'm like, how amazing can I look 
leaving my hospital room. Like how ridiculous of sparkly tennis shoes can I get with the most ridiculous matching outfit with my child? Like it's all, oh, you know, oh, because oh, I, en- yeah, because I enjoy it and it makes me happy. Yeah. And so, you know, would hospital sheets and a really shitty plastic blanket make me feel happy? That is not a vibe. No. So regardless of where I have uh, to go, I'm going to have, you know, like yeah. this stuff that's coming it. with me. And I challenge everyone, you know, I see women who are like, when I was in the hospital room, like my husband was on his phone, it will be a no phone zone. Like, yeah, husband, you want a divorce? Quickest way to get one is to be on your phone when I'm birthing your child. <laughs> right. I think that's, I, I think, uh, yeah, men have a huge role. I think sometimes they diminish that, unfortunately, or they're told that it's this or that, or, you know, oh, yeah. you just need to, you know, drive her to the hospital. And that's basically it, leave it up to the doctors. But there is such great power that, a, that the man or the partner has in supporting and empowering her, his wife or partner through the birthing process. Like that's no small task. That's no small job. And, and, um, yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more, like make your vibe, whatever that is, like create that vibe for yourself, which leads us perfectly into, um, this last aspect that I wanted to talk about best practices to support the woman's relationship or partnership during pregnancy. Yeah, I think that again, having that foundation, right. And we're going to be doing our relationship panel, which I'm really, really excited about when I hear from our friends in our friend circle who think about like Jay and I having children, the one thing that they say is, is is that nothing's going to change because they're like you and Jay have put in so much work and you guys have such an amazing relationship and foundation that they don't see that changing. And that's something I'm really, really proud of. And it does make sense to put in the work first, but as we're pregnant, it's a time that we can be selfish, but I also want to push women to, this is your last hurrah as just you and him. Mm -hmm. So make him feel really special because if anyone gets the brunt of not feeling special for the first year after you give birth, it will be him. Mm, wow. That's a really good point. I've never heard anyone say that. Wow. Yeah, that's because, something like worth meditating on. <laughs> yeah. And I think that I always say this, this is terrible. I think I watched it. It was some sort of like really cute movie on Amazon or Hallmark about treating your spouse like you treat your puppy. Right. And I think about, you know, baby Ali, who's like our one-year-old puppy and he's the cutest thing ever. And I mean, I'm obsessed with him. I'm always playing with him. I'm always giving him a treat. I'm doing the tricks with him. If you gave your spouse like one fourth of what you give to your pet, yeah. imagine how it would transform that relationship. And I think that there's always a reason why you can't, right? Like there's always going to be an excuse. Well, oh, I just had a baby. So we can't go out to dinner. I don't want to leave the baby. But if you start at the beginning, getting into that habit of not having a relationship outside your child, that will not change. Mm -hmm. You will spend the next 20 plus years, Mm -hmm. not having time for your spouse, not taking that separation and not having that independence. Yeah, I totally agree. And it, it's so worth it to me, um, to, put in the, the practice and it not, not just because it's the right thing to do, or it's nice to your partner, because 
I, that's what I want to experience. I want to experience the fire hose of love and connection with my partner, with Chase, because that's, that's the type of relationship I want to have. That's not going to change when we have a baby. Of course, like things will shift, but the foundation of our relationship is connection, intimacy, authenticity, honesty, individuality, like go through these practices with your partner and, and talk about what are our core values as a couple, as a relationship, as a partnership, what is our high dream? What is our legacy? Like talk about these fundamental aspects of what like enrich the soil of your relationship before you expect, you know, like little sprouts to pop up in the form of babies, like make the soil as rich as humanly possible before you bring a baby into that environment. It's, it's, it's going to help everyone who is attached to you or everyone who is in the family is going to benefit from, from these types of practices. And I think the one responsibility that no one wants to take on is we're literally creating a tiny human and showing them what love is. Yeah. Your representation of love is going to carry them throughout their entire life. Yeah. So you look at the kids who had a strong foundation, whose parents really showed them how to truly love, look at how differently their lives turned out. And not that you can't overcome that as a person, sure. but do you really want your kids to have to overcome their childhood? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, it's, we all have some level of childhood trauma to go back and heal, but I certainly want it to be as minimal as possible. Even just the, even just birth in general, it could be considered traumatic to some degree. Um, but yeah, I think when we put our consciousness towards the positive and towards creating what we want, rather than like focusing on the negative or focusing on all of these other people around us that, oh, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. Well, what do you want to create? with your life partner and, and kind of viewing it in the positive rather than what, what can we avoid? Um, I think is, is really important too. Yeah. And I think, you know, as women, it's about embracing it. It truly is loving yourself through every aspect of that pregnancy. You know, if you're pregnant with twins and you're big as a house, man, I'm the sexiest big as a house woman. Yeah ever. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, So, okay. As we kind of tie this conversation in a nice little bow, if there was one thing that you could share on a billboard, a global billboard to every pregnant woman out there, what would it be? You have a voice. You have a voice in your delivery room, you have a voice in how you raise your children, you have a voice in what foods you want them to eat until they are old enough to tell you so. (laughs) You have a voice in your relationship and don't let any doctor, any coach, any spiritual guru, therapist tell you any different because your intuition is what should be leading you in life. And if you feel it deep down in your gut that it doesn't feel right for you, it probably is not. Yeah, I love that. So good. 
Well, before I ask you our final rapid fire questions that we ask every guest, where can people find more of you, your course, and uh, all of the other offerings? Yeah, so leahr.com is where it's at. And you know, you can follow me at Coach Leahr on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, everywhere. It's either Coach Leahr or leahr.com. That's where you can find my course. That's where you can sign up for the retreat to come see Mimi and I in person and celebrate awesomeness with us. And um, I think that's it, right? That's yeah. all the places. Yeah. And I'll, yeah. of course, I'll have all of these uh, links in the show notes, you guys. Um, and just in case you're, <laughs> it ran together. It, it kind of sounded like Lear, <laughs> Leia, like the princess R. Can you pronounce your last name? Oh yeah. It's a doozy rush low. <laughs> low. Okay. Yeah. It's, it looks very fancy when I, when I read it. So I just kind of like, my mind just like goes through it and doesn't really say it. Are <laughs> you surprised like, the universe gave me a fancy last name? No, I love <laughs> it. Yeah. So Leah com. Dot com. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. L E I A H R.com. Cool. All right. Yeah. Just check the show notes, you guys. All right. So I think you know what's coming. These rapid fire questions. Um, the first thing that pops into your head, what currently feels like medicine for your body right now? Being by myself. Love it. What feels like medicine for your mind right now? Being around people that I don't have to show up in a certain way for. Mm. Being around people that I can just authentically be myself have different views than them. And it's okay. Love that. We all need that in our (laughs) our lives for sure. And what about for your relationship with your lovely husband, Jay, what feels like medicine? Sex. It's always sex. Sex always feels like medicine. (laughs) Yeah. We've had some colorful conversations on that topic. Uh, I have just like laughed my ass off listening to you. talk about certain things. Oh my God. I I told Chase, I might edit this out, but I told Chase about <laughs> the one you told me you were like, you were kind of like in a mood or whatever. And like, kind of like grumpy or like testy. And Jay was like, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? And you're like, no, I haven't seen your penis in four days. So no, I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like, I say the most ridiculous things to my husband related to his body. <laughs> He's probably like, I, this morning, I think I said something along the lines of like, I just want to chop your penis off and take it with me. And he's like, that's weird. <laughs> he's like, also oh my in, God, I love it. And my husband is so sweet and like this pure soul that I just embarrass all the time, <laughs> but oh it's good God. for him. <laughs> okay. I'm literally crying now. <laughs> Oh my God. You have been such a bright spot in my day and just knowing you in life has been so fun and I, it's impossible not to smile around you. And I just want to thank you. I'm so, so appreciative and so grateful for your friendship and just you being a beacon of hope and light in what sometimes feels like a very dark, toxic world. So thank you, Leah, for being here and gifting all of our listeners with your wisdom today always, you know, I love you so much. And I forgot to mention that if anybody wants to purchase the pregnancy course has 65 videos, it is so comprehensive, so full, right? 
Um, it has all of my Coach Leia's favorites, my maternity must-haves, baby accessories, you name it. I'm giving your listeners a very nice discount. It's normally $297 and they will be able to get it for $249. So all they have to do is send me an email with Mimi in the subject line um, and I will get them their discount. Perfect. All right, you guys, you heard it here. Go check out Leia. We have all the links in the show notes. And if you are thinking about becoming pregnant or maybe you are pregnant and if you're feeling a nudge, if any of this resonated with you and you want to team up with Leia, go check out her course and, uh, and see if it's right for you. We appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for being here, Leia. And, uh, um, we will talk to you next time. You guys, thanks for being here. Go spread some light. Okay, bye. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, along with the discounts, visit themedicine.com forward slash medicine cabinet, or just check the show notes for this episode. Until next time, cheers, boo.